All right, well, we're going to dive right in today. Um, we had, we had, So far, we've looked at Adam, how the first Adam brought about the curse, where the second Adam, Jesus, lifted the curse through his uh, substitutionary death on the cross. B was the Bible. Uh, and then we looked at last week, we finished up the second part of C, which is the church. And I was going with the letter D, I was going with doctrines. And I worked some of the week towards that, and I realized... This is going to get way more deeper than what I intended this class to be. So instead of yeah, and and so instead of going really deep into the doctrines because some of that is relatively deep, I thought, well, I'll do that a little bit different. I'll do that a little bit different. Um, there's so much just on Jesus Christ um, that we would be here for a long time just on on the doctrines of the Bible. Now, uh, I will say this. There are some things in the Bible that are, are gray areas. When I say that, you know, in life, there's black and there's white facts. Uh, if if, if the Bible clearly says it's wrong, it's wrong. I don't care how we look at it. If it says it's right, it's right. I don't care how anybody looks at it. But there are some gray areas that isn't specific. And I think when you come across those gray areas, you have to rely on the Holy Spirit to kind of lead you and to guide you into some of those things. Um, kind of like the Bible translation we talked about a few weeks ago. There's a lot of people who think that is just black, a white fact. But it's really not. Because the Bible is just like a, we show there's verse by uh, word for word translations, thought for thought translations, then paraphrasing. And so really you read those, you let the Holy Spirit speak to you and guide you. And... Uh, we'll talk about some of those things as, as we go along, but uh, but the doctrines are the things that you have to believe. Like the old bumper stickers uh, years and years ago said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, that's actually not true, because if God says it, that settles it whether you believe it or not. And uh, so um, I've always thought about that, so it's really, so we'll talk about some of those things as we go along, any questions and all. But I got a phone call Friday night, Friday evening, and it was uh, somebody in the church, and uh, they asked me just a simple question, and that's what spurred me on to this. They said, Preacher, can people be possessed by demons nowadays? I said, most surely, absolutely you can. Um, but before we get really dive deep into this, can a Christian be possessed with a demon? And that answer is no. Okay, because inside of you dwells the Holy Spirit, which a picture of the Holy Spirit is light. Okay? A symbolism of Satan and his evil works is darkness. Light and darkness cannot dwell in the presence of each other. So it's just think. Uh, if it was nighttime outside right now and we didn't have no natural light coming in through the windows and we closed the door and we shut the lights off, Darkness is there. It's it, but one little glimmer of light, even if you just turned your cell phone on, would dispel some of that darkness. And so, uh, any light in the midst of the darkness is going to overcome the darkness. This is kind of deep to think about, but um, really, you can't create darkness. Darkness is already there. You can create light, and light always dispels darkness 
I had an uncle that does heating and air conditioning work. Well, he did it for years. He can't because of his health now. But uh, he said there's no such thing as cold. He says you really can't create cold. Now, that's kind of a, uh, a, a, a topic that you really is deep. Because you can, in a sense, create cold if you've got, like, Freon, running through air conditioning, stuff like that. But all cold is really is the absence of heat. Okay, if you don't have any heat source, naturally it's going to be cold. And without the sun, it would be cold. Okay, well, that's that's debatable because you say, well, if I got a compressor and, you know, I can push three on, free on or something and I can make something cold. Well, you can't make something dark. It's just naturally dark. You dispel the darkness with the light. So the Holy Spirit inside of you is light. Okay, so a demon who represents darkness can't dwell and in, in a Christian and a believer. So uh, unbelievers, and we'll, we'll look a little bit deeper today, unbelievers can be possessed by demons. Christians can be oppressed by demons, which a demon will try to influence you. And I, this is a subject that I really don't like talking about, but it's one I think everybody needs to hear, is that we do have an enemy, and he is real. And 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us that. He says, be sober or serious-minded, be vigilant, or to be watchful. So be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say nibble on. It doesn't say bite. He wants to literally devour, devour you. Resist him by being steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world by your brothers and sisters in Christ. This, we all suffer the same thing. So knowing that we have an enemy, we have to be aware of the enemy and to, um, to be prepared for him. Now, I've used this illustration over the years. When I loved football, um, before their latest shenanigans, I would um, say on Monday, the offensive team in football starts looking at their defensive team they're getting ready to play and they start game planning for them they find the weakness of the defense whether it's the run game or the pass game and they can exploit that weakness All right, so in other words you've got to know your enemy the defense on your team watches the offense on their team to find out where they may be weak at or vice versa you have to recognize your enemy and you have to game plan and be ready when the game time comes so knowing that satan is our adversary we have to be aware of what's going on and realize that he is real and he's out to devour you. So um, let's jump right in. And so the devil, first of all, we see his creation. Um, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man. That's a title for Ezekiel here, son of man. Jesus refers to himself as a son of man in the New Testament. But here it's actually talking about Ezekiel. He's a prophet. He said, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God. Now the king of Tyre, uh, which is a, a pagan nation, was a wicked guy, and they have disobeyed God. They've oppressed God's people, Israel. So this leader here, speaking as a specific king, but he's a typology of Satan. And so uh, he's talking to Ezekiel, and he, and he tells Ezekiel to write this, but it's all referencing Satan. He said, Thus saith the Lord God, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. 
you were in Eden, the garden of God. That goes to show you it can't be a king, <laughs> a specific king, because he'd be like 3,000 years old right here, so that ain't going to work. So it's, again, it's all symbolic of Satan. You were the, the signet of perfection. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub, and I place you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in all your in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Dr. Harold Wilmington, my college professor at the Liberty Bible Institute that I took, he always said, people ask him all the time, why did God create Satan and why doesn't he just do away with him? Well, the answer is simple. He didn't and he will. He didn't create Satan to be Satan. We just saw in that passage, he created him to be an angel. But Satan was lifted up with pride and fell from the grace of God. And one day he will destroy Satan. And uh, so we see his creation. He was a created being. Okay. All right. So we see four points here. We see his intellect. Okay. Uh, his intellect. Miss Cindy, how about you read that first one there? You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect beauty. Okay. Um, the signet really is talking about an Old Testament. It's like a seal. The signet used to be a ring um, that would have like an engraving or your initial, and it showed um, it showed authority. Really, the symbol, it was really symbolic. Though. Satan was the symbol of perfection. He was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. In other words, he was wise. He was gorgeous to look upon. Um, he had everything going for him. That's how God created him. We see he was an intellectual being. Then we see his imagery. I'm going to ask Robin to read this because she works at a jewelry store. She can appreciate this more than we can. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. Okay, now she probably recognizes some of these these stones a lot more than I would. Um, I, I do know the sapphire is is a beautiful blue. I think I think they make some different color sapphires there too, don't they? Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, sapphire is a dark blue that I love. Emerald, as we know that to be a green, uh, carbuncle. I think I think that's kind of a yellowish gold, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the diamond, you know what that is. Onyx is pure black. You know, if it's black enough, it actually shines, like crows, bears. I saw a real bear one time. We were, I don't know if Nathan was with us that day. We had went up to South Boston shooting that day. I remember it was me and Robbie and Robbie. I can't remember if you, we were coming back in 58 and a bear walked out in front of us in 58. And uh, we saw him a good little ways off because you go down the hill, he was coming up the hill. We saw it, we thought, man, that dude is huge, man. It's got to be a bear. So I slowed way down and he walked into the woods, but I slowed down so much he actually came back out. And his fur was so black, it, it literally shined. It almost looked like purple. 
that's kind of what the onyx is, uh, topaz, sardius. So in other words, these beautiful stones that describe him talks about how beautiful that he was. And God created, everything God creates is beautiful. Everything Satan creates is counterfeit. It might look good on the outside, but inside it's, it's horrible. I always liken it to the pictures of alcohol. You know, alcohol always appear, appeals to the flesh. Okay, it shows a guy out hot, sweaty, and it shows this nice, big, refreshing, bubbling liquid. It, it appeals to the outside, but it don't show you the other side of that, the sickness, the headache, the addiction, and stuff like that. That's the way Satan is. Uh, but so we see his imagery. He's beautiful. But then we see his uh, not only his intellect and his imagery, his importance. Uh, Amber, you want to read verse 14 right there? Yeah. You are an anointed guardian cherub. <clears throat> I place you, you are on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walk. Okay. So we see he was a top-ranking <laughs> angel. Right, just as um, uh, the military has ranks, uh, Manny, he's a retired fireman. In his fire squad, you had ranks. Uh, God even had ranks of angels. And at the top, the, the, I guess you'd call this the four-star generals, would be the, um, it just it just left me, man. I had it. Michael and Angel. The uh, Archangel. Archangels, thank you. <laughs> archangels. There's only two that the Bible talks about, Michael and Gabriel. They were the archangels. They were the highest-ranking angels. <laughs> All right. Then the, the cherubim angels is pretty close to the top. And so Satan uh, had a very prominent position. He was an anointed cherub. And he says, look, I placed you uh, where I wanted you. You had an important role. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walk. So he was very important. Uh, but then all of a sudden we find out ah, he's full of iniquity. Uh, you want to read this, April? You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. Okay. Now, I can't fully understand this, but you know, when God created everything, as he did us, apparently even the angels at one point in time had a free will. They could choose. I tell people as you get older, you can choose your sin, or you can make choices, but you and you make those choices, but you can't choose your consequences. So every choice that we have has consequences. Now, everybody automatically thinks that's bad. Not necessarily. If you make good choices, you have good consequences. I always use, I always use the CDs as, as that, a certificate of deposit at the bank. You make, a, you make a choice, you can put some money in. That's a good choice because later when it matures, you can take out more than what you put in. All right? You really can't do that nowadays with the interest rates practically being zero. Um, but savings, making good decisions have good consequences, but bad decisions have bad consequences. So apparently the angels had a free choice at one point in time, and then Satan chose... Uh, to try to be better than God. And uh, it's pride. So we see his creation. Then we see his condemnation. And his condemnation. Um, Nathan, how about you read uh, verse 16 through 17 here. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as, profane, as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you. 
O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on me. Okay, so Satan realized how beautiful and how important he was, and it says your heart was proud because of your beauty. I um. So he was vain. He was vain. He was vain. He was puffed up with pride. I um. I told y'all I was going to be real in here, and don't anybody get mad at me for this, but I've, I've oftentimes told Austin, I said, the prettiest thing in the world is a pretty girl who doesn't realize they're pretty. And I said, in, in some life, in some points, you can have a girl that's beautiful, but if she knows she's beautiful, ah, man, she, she's stuck on herself. And so, I, you know, you know, dads have to teach your kids stuff like that. And the most beautiful thing in the world is a beautiful young lady who doesn't realize they're beautiful. It's humble. humble. They have an awesome. They have. They have an awesome personality. Um, I'll use Kelsey as an example. She's a beautiful young lady. God made her, but she's so friendly, so mm-hmm. personable. She smiles. That's the kind of, of a person who has beauty. There's such a thing as inner beauty and outer beauty, and um, outer beauty is, is good. But let's be honest. The ravages of time have a way of dealing with that, okay? The inner beauty is, the inner beauty, well, we guys are ugly, so it doesn't matter anyway. So um, Mike's like, man, man don't, don't be throwing me in that category. No, but. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah, you do, you do. Uh, you, you see your, cla- your classmates 25 years later, and you're like, Great day. Time has Where's not been on your side. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that, Mike? Oh, you go to it and then you say, who are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, you say, man, you don't look nothing like me. And they say, well, you don't either. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, dude, I graduated high school. I weighed probably 115 pounds. I could go to McDonald's. And I tell people this. I would go to McDonald's my senior year of high school. I would eat three cheeseburgers, a large fry, and a large Coke, and I could not gain an ounce. Now, I can put on a half a pound by drinking a glass of Sprite. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But but the inner beauty is what is so beautiful, and that's what really matters because uh, it's it stays with you. Yeah, I knew this man, and he was like another woman. His wife had divorced him, and he said, Teresa, I had the most beautiful woman in the world. She was beautiful, and he said, and I know about this woman I got now is not a very beautiful woman. He said, but I love her. Yeah. And he said, she ain't good on the eyes, but he said, she's got a heart of gold, and she treats me wonderful. And that's what it's all about. You know, oh, yeah. 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 Now, I will say this. That might be a silly illustration <laughs> yeah. from what I use, but what I'm saying is Satan was beautiful on the outside, but here's the problem. He knew it. He knew it. And so he was lifted up, like I got on the line. Yeah. He was lifted up with pride. Okay? So, um, and you see, I, I meant to tell you this earlier. In parentheses at the end of the verse, sometimes you'll have you'll see the little initials. That's the Bible translation I took this out of. The NASB is the New American Standard. Uh, most of the time you will only see me take out of a Bible this word-for-word translation, which is the ESV, the 
New American Standard, the New King James, or the King James. And if you don't see anything after it, that means it's just King James because that's what we use mostly. But I like the way, especially in the description of the um, the diamond, the the gems that Miss Robin read, that made it a whole lot simpler to understand than the regular King James. And uh, but he he was he was proud, and we see that in verse seventeen. But then we see in Isaiah uh, fourteen. 12. How about reading that, Miss Teresa? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. All right, this is what Satan, I don't know if he specifically said this, but we know he at least thought it. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend into the sides, uh, uh, the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He had an eye problem. It was, I, 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 I want to be like God. I want to be equal with God. In fact, uh, when it says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, that means he's got, the stars sometimes are, are a picture of angels, kind of a rank. Well, in other words, he's like, I'm going straight to the top. I'm going to, I'm going to have authority. I'm going to have rule and reign as much as anybody else. So literally, he was lifted up with pride. And a lot of people said most sins we do, if we scratch the surface deep enough, you'll see it all leads back to that sin of pride. I want this, I want that, I want the other. And so we see Satan was a created being. We see he was a condemned being. But here's, here's what I want you to understand. He's not, he's not working in this alone. He has counterparts. Um, let's see. Revelation 12, 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. This is a description of, seven, of Satan. He's called the dragon. When you see seven heads, the word seven means completion. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's imagery. Seven heads means he was complete. He had full understanding. And ten horns... Well, ten's also a number of um, power, and a horn is symbolic of power. Uh, if you go back and, and study Old Testament history, so, so he has full wisdom and full power, and then the seven crowns upon his head. So Satan, this is all imagery of Satan, but he says when he was cast out of heaven, we understand verse four. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And did cast them to the ground. Now a minute ago I said the stars in, in Old Testament is another picture of angels. Um, there's so many angels just like there's so many stars of the heavens. That's one of my favorite things to do out there in, uh, where we live. Because we, no, we don't have no security lights out there where we live. I guess you could pay the, the light company to put you one of them poles out there, but I'm a tightwad. I like the dark anyway at night when it's supposed to be dark. But I love just standing out on your front porch or your back porch and just looking up and just counting the trillions of stars. 
So the angels here is a, a symbolic of, uh, the stars are symbolic of the angels. So when Satan was cast out of heaven, verse, thir- verse number four, it says his tail drew a third part of the stars and cast them to the earth. Okay, so what he did when Satan fell, a third, one third of the, uh, the uh, angels sided with Satan. That's hard to believe in a, in a perfect society why they would do that. But they were created beings and, and they had a free will at some point and they chose Satan. It's the same thing right now. We, we, we would say, how can anybody vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and what they've got planned for our country? I mean, it's it's just plumb ridiculous some of the things they come up with. Of course, then they deny it when they get in front of the cameras like, like we saw Thursday night. But I mean... They have said they want socialism. They have said they want socialistic health care. They have said they want to stop um, uh, uh, drilling for oil and oil dependence, which means all of us have got to go get electric cars, and there's no place to charge them anyway. That's just craziness, man. They will sink our... I mean, Joe Biden was so dumb. One of the, He says, day one, we're going to repeal all of President Trump's tax cuts. Read, read what it said, what he's written down. Oh, yeah, I've heard. I've it's heard. Insane. It is insane. And so you think, why would somebody vote for some dude that's automatically, day one, going to take $6,000 out of your pocket? 16, I mean, it's like people like us are going to have to pay like $8,000 per year or more in tax. Yeah, I heard six. Below $400,000 a year is going to have well, to pay $6,500. I saw, I saw that it was mm. like if you made more than $50,000 a year, then you need to depend on making $500 less every month. Yeah, that's crazy. It's absolutely ludicrous. So you would say, why would somebody do that? Well, it'd be the same thing as saying, hey, why did these angels choose to go with Satan? It just does not make any sense. But I guess Satan was so beautiful, because we saw his description, he was able to convince them, come go with me. And... uh, they did. Um, and so his tail threw a third part of the of the angels, really, of heaven. Uh, and it says, to finish this verse, the dragon stood before the woman, which is a picture of Israel, which was ready to be delivered for, to devour her child as soon as it was born. That's all imagery of Satan wanted to kill Jesus from the very second he was born. Satan's not dumb, okay? He's crazy, but he's not dumb. It's a difference between being crazy and being dumb. Uh, it's okay to be ignorant on some facts. I don't know. I I don't know a whole lot. That's why I had Miss Robin read the the the, uh, the stones. She works at a jewelry store sometimes. Um, I don't know nothing about nothing. I bought Amanda a diamond ring when we got married. Sadly, that's about the only jewelry I've ever bought. I did. I take that back. I did buy her some sapphires um, uh, later once the kids were born because both of my kids were born in September. And uh, uh, so I bought her some some different things there, okay? But uh, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about the fire service that Manny was in. Um, I don't know about, and that's okay, because nobody can know everything about everything. The only person that might come close, I've always said, was David Motley. He's got this (laughs) uncanny knowledge about everything, but uh, even he can't know everything. But Satan... um, Satan knew that Jesus was God and God's son and was going to deliver people. And Satan knows he's condemned. He knows he's going to lose in the end. 
Just like I've always said, just like a basketball team that's down 10 points with 10 seconds left to go, they're still calling timeouts. <laughs> Man, quit wasting time. You know you've lost. Okay. Now, Nathan might know some magical formula that they could pull it off, but very seldom, very seldom. I saw Duke come back big time, but they had a minute left years and years ago against Maryland. They had a minute left. Not, but you got not, y'all know what I'm talking about. Ten seconds left. You're down ten points. You're still calling timeouts. Hey, just die in peace, okay? Let it go. <laughs> but uh, Satan's the same way. He's holding out. And, um, and so, talking about this, it's really speaking of demons. It's the, the, those who chose to go with Satan are demons. The King James a lot calls it devils, but it's translated demons. Uh, let's look at Luke eight twenty seven. Talking about Jesus when he gets over to a certain place. He uh, when he went forth to land, there met him out of a city a certain man which had devils a long time demons. He wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Well, if a dude's hanging out with no clothes on, hanging out in a graveyard, that goes to show you mentally he's not right. Um, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice saying, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High? I beseech thee, torment me not. Uh, verse 29 says, For he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him. He was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many demons, or devils, many demons were entered into him. The word um, legion is symbolic of up to 6,000 people. So when you see uh, legion, that means he, this man was inhabited by as many as 6,000 demons. That really makes you stop and think. If Satan has got 6,000 demons to, uh, to give to one guy, well, we look how uncanny strong he was. He broke the chains and, and the cuffs and the fetters and all. So demons are very, very real. But for the child of God, I want to remind you that he took one-third with him. That means God still got two-thirds. Okay? And we've got we've got... I do believe as guardian angels that watch over us and that protect us. And like I put at the bottom of our notes, 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you that is in he that is in the world. Okay? All right. Now, real quickly, I'm going to try to finish this off, because next Sunday we'll be out in the sanctuary to enjoy Smokey Wilson and his singing. And so that'll be pretty, that'll be pretty awesome next week. So... Uh, his cause, okay, so we, we see his creation, his condemnation, his counterparts, are his cause. What is his purpose? First of all, devil and his demons, they possess. Second uh, Corinthians 6.14, Be ye not equally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, what communion hath light with darkness, what concord hath Christ with Belial, which is just another name of Satan, what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. All right. So we see clearly that, that Satan looks to, to possess people, but remember, he can't possess the child of God. If you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, he can't come in and dwell in you. So knowing that they can't possess, 
What do they do? Well, they oppress. They try to trip up the believer. They try to influence the believer. And they try to make you give up and get out of church and go back into the old ways of life. So they oppress you. Ephesians 16 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Wherefore, take up the full armor of God. You may be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. So in other words, we've got to understand our struggle, our fight is not with flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness. Satan, the Bible tells us, is the prince of the power of the air. Okay? And so in this world, you see Satan is controlling the airways. I had in my physical, my six-month uh, checkup with my doctor Thursday. And I had to go and, you know, do the stupid little corona test. And I had to sit there and wait for, uh, you know, have you been out of the country? Have you run a fever? Blah, blah, blah. Check your temperature. Of course, I was fine. So I'm sitting there waiting for the doctor to call me back. And they've got on live with Regis and Kelly. Of course, Regis is gone. I don't know who it is. Man, I got so sick and tired of watching that garbage in five minutes. If I could have got away with it, I would have pulled my pistol out. And I would have popped about seven <laughs> rounds in that TV. Because she had a transgender person on there. And they were just glorifying that lifestyle. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is sickening. And uh, it was, oh, man, it was awful. It was some dude who was thought he was a woman. And, and, he, said, ah, and he was so feminine. And I'm like, man, if I didn't go to jail, I'd have to shoot that TV. But, um, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, seriously. It's, but, but that's the world we're living in nowadays. That's the why people believe it's okay to abort a child and kill a child because Satan is is, is, is take filling up the airwaves, and so we have to be strong in the Lord and and understand uh, understand um, that we're in a battle. A Christian can't be possessed, but a Christian can be oppressed. I'm trying to make this to where it won't blow your minds. I have felt the presence of evil. I have literally, literally I don't really want to get into it. We'll talk more about it later. But I, I remember one night, I woke up, thought, felt like I was in chains. I, and as soon as I woke up, I knew something was wrong. And I, I still to this day say it was a demon oppression. Because it was earlier this year, right before we were getting ready to go in, to a good season. I know the Lord was getting ready to bless the church. This was right before he brought the Yates and Manny and Teresa. And this was, this, we were, we were trying to do more online. We were really going in the right direction. And I felt like Satan was trying to, I don't know if he's trying to kill me or what, but uh, trying to get you down, trying to get you scared, trying to get you fearful. He works harder. And uh, he does. He does. But I remember, we've had dreams like that. Yes. I've actually had dreams and I was frozen. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what you do in those cases? In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. I remember this spring, I sat up in the bed and literally I felt like I had a hundred pound chains wrapped around me. And I woke up, I guess it was the Holy Spirit. I just started praising Jesus. 
I just said, Lord, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for shedding your blood on Calvary. I thank you for your promise you'll never leave me or forsake you. And as soon as you did, literally, it almost like cold chills. All of a sudden, you just felt that's all a peace. I started going to church. Yes. Yeah. Yep. See, that, yep. That's the only time it's happened. He wants you back, man. He wants you back. Well, and, I told uh, you that God was warning me the devil was coming after me. When oh, yeah. Jason got baptized. Yep. I mean, he warned me. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Nice. Yep, got, you got to understand we're in a battle, uh, and so when you feel like that, start praising Jesus because when you mention the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, He's got to leave. He can't stick around. Um, so they do possess the unbeliever, they oppress the believer, but then lastly, they try to suppress. It, it means He tries to shut us up. Second Corinthians four three: If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, uh, Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. So when they try to, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know if I'm important enough that Satan wants to kill me. I probably is because we got a good thing going on at the church. Uh, but he tries to silence you. He tries to get you scared and not, and not witness or not invite people to church. He wants to silence you because he knows if those who are lost hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, they can become a whole new creature, and uh, he loses some good things. But although this is deep, we'll talk about this maybe more if you come up with some questions, or if you want to call me or anytime this week, feel free. But understand, we're in a battle, but like I say, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Jesus is still undefeated. Yeah. All right. Father, thank you for this time together to open your word and see the truths. Uh, thank you for another opportunity to come and worship you collectively here in just a few minutes. Bless our time together. Lord, speak truths into our lives and help us leave closer to you. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.